I'm Caroline. Over the years, I've started a bunch of creative projects I failed to finish. So I wanted to talk to creative people, writers, comedians, filmmakers, photographers, musicians, about how they work and what they do when things get tough. Learn the secrets of finishing. From Dublin, Ireland, it's Operation Project. I'm here today with Fiona uh, Dukes and Viva Connolly, the creative duo behind Seen and Heard. Uh, you're a director of programming and finance. Nope. Uh, nope. No. Nope. Okay, I got that the wrong way around. That's terrible. Okay, well, why don't you explain your roles? Yeah, so I was director of programming and finance in Smock Alley. This so is Googling for you. Okay, you yeah, know, like Google's probably like comes, comes, is, comes yeah. still back up or something. I was uh, director of programming and, programming and finance there for six years. Yeah. And I left two years ago. So uh, now the lovely Lucy Ryan is director of programming and finance in Smock Alley. But myself and Creva um, are uh, the directors of Seen and Heard, the festival of new work. So what's your role? Both, both of us have du dual roles. Oh, okay. So we're both directors and programmers. Right, okay. So yeah. there's no separation of anything. Nope. You are equal. This And this is why you're both here. I was like, oh, I'd love to talk to either of you. And you're like, <laughs> we come as package yeah. creatively. I guess you support each other, facilitate each other. Yeah. So it's not really a question of one of you speaks. It's like you both have the stuff to say and you want, both want to represent it. Yeah, there's certain things I suppose we're stronger in when we break down things. I would I would be more financial in terms of budgetary. Quiva is more creative in terms of our marketing output and that kind of stuff. But we don't differentiate in those roles and we both do those tasks yeah. uh, in that sense. So last year, like when we would, would have worked on the festival, like Quiva would have worked on certain tasks, I would have worked on certain tasks, and then this year they might have been reversed. Okay. You know, so it's not necessarily that we have our own particular area of it. We both do it together all the time. Definitely stuff yeah. one is hate doing though. Well, it's funny because um I myself I love maths and physics and numbers, whereas she's <laughs> taken it to the next level. But I am a little OCD about it, actually. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, okay. probably on the spectrum. I say I'm a closet accountant. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dressed up as a creative. That's it, yeah. <laughs> you see it, you see the world of it in a that's your perspective uh, on it. Like some of your perspective on it is seeing it in this like numbers y. Some no. of it. It's important to see it in It is important. But it's actually, I suppose it's not. It's the other way around. Like, I, you know, when I'm creating a budget, I always sit down with everyone and say, what's the dream? What's the dream? And we create that budget. And then you see where you can find that money. And then you start to pair it back. But I would never start on the bottom line or I'd never yeah, start, yeah. you know, you start with... You start with what people want and what people could envision and then you exactly, work backwards yeah. that. Yeah, and then you can find different ways of getting that financially or else of creating the same creative output with uh, maybe a different method so it's not as costly or, you know, yeah. but you always start with the dream. You have to. Yeah, you got to start with the dream. Yeah. Um, obviously, running festivals it requires a huge amount of organisation and it's very fast paced and you have to be really diligent in terms of lists and communication and very organised. But I think people are sometimes surprised when they realise how hopelessly romantic we are about the art. Yeah. You know, and the making of it and the community. And, and to, to facilitating the actual art. It did. Because um, the reason I want to talk to you guys is because I was at the Seed and Heard launch there a few weeks ago. And I just saw, I described it as hundreds of people in a room smiling and laughing about art. You know, it was like, 
there, there was a really nice atmosphere and everyone looked really happy and the thing was really classy and it was really nice and there was people doing acts and there was like wine and it was just and I was like this the people who facilitate this it, this must be a total ball ache to do basically there's so many people there's so many things there's 109 shows there's so many shows there's so many people involved there must be if there's 109 shows there must be at least like 500 people, yeah. 400 people or something like this mm-hmm. involved in it. Yes. And right. And you're trying to yoke all that together. But so it's completely transparent to the audience. When the person comes in on the night and goes to see a show, they don't see any of that. Like they don't. <laughs> and, and, but you also, you're so jolly. <laughs> you see, like I can't now, obviously I don't, you know, he's very well, but I can't imagine he's ever been like super pissed off. You see, <laughs> Okay, you can see their face. We're also both taking acting courses. <laughs> Very good. Bleeding Robert De Niro's over here. Because honestly, you just, well, you just know, like, because maybe that's because you communicate well, but perhaps that's the secret of it, that you actually collaborate well. And that's why it does look like it's jolly. And it looks like it's... I know, for all our laughing, it is. Uh, it, we're doing something that we're really passionate about and we're doing something that we really love. And, you know you know we know that that we're very lucky in a position to be able to do that because when you get out of bed in the morning and look forward to your day well then how can you not be like happy about it obviously there are times we get really pissed off or things go wrong um but actually because there's two of us it's really great because one of us throws their toys out the pram and and shouts and stomps around and then the other one kind of calms down calms them down yeah and we take turns doing that for each other yeah and so, if someone's having a, a day that's not going so great the other person can hold the reins slightly yeah. being supportive emotionally yeah. for the other person as well as like just doing the shit but you can you probably know each other very well it can sense ours is a, is feeling ours is a uh meredith gray and christina yang story for a <laughs> Shonda Rhimes fans out there, we met professionally. Because I was so to we know were both him. on a project. But interestingly, like we both would have been Gael Gores. Mm-hmm. We both came from very artistic families on different sides of the country, very bohemian, both involved in youth theatre, I suppose, worked in venues and companies throughout the years. So we had done separately quite a huge amount of work before we met each other on the Smock Alley project mm-hmm. when it was being built. Mm-hmm. 2011 I want to say when we met 2012 when we opened the theater yeah yeah so we were we met on the project and I think all of those similarities came you know I think we 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 clicked very quickly yeah yeah and what were your roles on the on the I'm interested in how Quiva came on board uh, at the final bit of the build. And so um, together um, with Paul, actually, who's still there, we kind of put the final build in place. So in terms yeah. of actually picking out. Project managing. The yeah. yeah. So yeah. picking. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Right, basically right. dealing with the construction of it and then picking out the carpets and the, the furnishings. And oh, putting, really? The, yeah. The box putting the box office. office system together, building the bar, picking all the things to go into the bar, like literally opening a venue, basically. Okay. So cool. so there was a kind of three of us in that team that did that. Um, and then Quiva, who was supposed to just come on for project manager, management and then go off along her merry way, I strong-armed her into staying. Um, and she was a box office and marketing manager for... Three years. Wow. So for three years, she kept saying, I am going now. And I kept saying, no, you're not. It was lovely. <laughs> it was. And I suppose that gave you, uh, the opportunity of working together gave you 
a lot of knowledge about how the other person like works and what working together is like yeah. so then when the the real thing that maybe your heart really wanted came along or you well nothing comes along does it I don't really believe in things coming along I believe you can wrestle them out of the ground but uh you knew that you could work together basically like yeah. it's collaboration like I've talked to lots of people in my uh, podcast and co- collaboration is such a painful contentious thing for like most of the people I've spoken to it's it's trust like you guys trust each other yes absolutely 100 absolutely, yeah and I think there's a but few that grew things. like that had to grow it wasn't, yes that I absolutely wasn't immediate that's of course that doesn't just fall no. out of the tree and, the, and there was together. times there was times when you were getting to know each other where you really trust each other and then something would happen that you questioned each other and then you'd have to get over that and talk about it and then realize, no, you were wrong. And like all of that builds up over years yeah. and years and years. We're both used to being the boss. Yeah. And so working together then, I think there's a, there's a little bit of things, there was a little bit of things there, but I think we're very similar in, the in we're very fast paced and we both um, are happy to change. Right. And so that's a huge advantage that Some neither of us are afraid, yeah. afraid of change. Yeah. And so we both work at an incredibly fast pace when we make decisions, when we r- rationalize things out, you can almost feel this. Because you have a sense now, you know, and like you would be, would look at Clean the Space and go, she's not like, she's not loving that thing I just said. Like you have a short hand. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. 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 And that uh, almost shortcuts. That, that shit almost transcends language almost in a way then. There's like a, like a feeling. Oh, definitely. It's very exciting when you have someone yeah. to have that with. It's rare. <laughs> so. No, and it is great, I suppose, if we go into meetings with people and even if we're, you know, looking for sponsorship or talking about finances or meetings with the artists, we both, when we come out, even if we haven't said the words, we know how it went. Oh, so we yeah. know how the other person thought about it and the how vibes. they felt about it. You're yeah. Like, you're, you're an yeah. expert in each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's, it's very useful. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. helpful. Because uh, you've got your combined strengths and then you also, your combined strengths and then the parts of you that are different and then it all combines yeah. into being able to wrangle like 500 artists over the course of like three weeks or whatever. Like, it seems it seems mad that you would even decide to do something so large. Now, I deliberately didn't look up a big load about the history of seeing her because yeah. I wanted to hear it from you guys. But uh, what size? How did it start? You're, this is year five. Yeah. And what was so? What was the beginnings of it? Well, the reason it sounds mad is because it, we made it up over two bottles of white wine. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so clearly we were mad and right. drunk when we came up with this idea. Yeah. And we, thought it was a great plan. We 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 kind of registered that there was a dearth. There's a kind of a middle ground. I suppose it was tied up in funding, but there was a middle bar of theatre that wasn't getting supported. So you've got Amdram and then you've got like very high end. So the National Theatre, which is a huge amount of funding. Um, and we thought that the younger companies were sort of not really getting an opportunity to test work. We were also incredibly frustrated at going to see shows that were written by very established playwrights that maybe shouldn't have made it oh, to production. Yeah, but the name just brought it a lot. Yeah, people yeah. only want to make things that's a name, basically. But also they didn't, but they didn't take the time to... to make it to the stage. Right. Some of them are crap. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're trying to say. Yeah. In a nice way. Yeah. Sure. You have to write a lot of terrible plays to write a good play, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, when you think about Abbey Road or The Beatles or anything. They have 300 songs to pick from. 
to pick. Well, in any career, you have to train and get better and better. So it's the exact same as playwriting or anything or creating a show, you know. Very rare you'll hit gold on your first go. Well, these established, regardless of what the quality of play or whatever, they get made anyway because they got that name. Written by Blah was was one of the things that just meant, yeah, and that gets the money and that gets made at the end. But what about all the other stuff that's out there, all the exciting people, all the new people? all people who are really passionate about it. Well, I suppose what had happened around the start of Seen and Heard is there was several other things going on for, for those kind of new works. So there was like Theatre Machine Turns You On was there for maybe a year or two. There was 10 Days in Dublin. There was Collaborations, which was in Smock. There was, so there was a couple of these and then all these festivals stopped. Oh. So all of them stopped in one fell swoop and there was nothing. Right. And so, but all those festivals were very much about the artists and about, um, you know, showing, showcasing the new or trialing the new work or little bits of new work. And the conversation we had really was to bring the audience along. And so that's the difference in this festival that we always say it's 50% about the artist, but it's 50% about the audience because the audience are the people who are going to want to see your work in the future or who, and, and for them to have a hand in the creation of the work by giving feedback at the start means that they've kind of bought into it. And mm. it kind of means that then they'll go and see the later creation to see if you took their ideas on board. It's part of the story of the yeah. story. And yeah. you're kind of creating, so, so you're bringing the audience with you, which then you're hopefully creating an audience for the future of the work so that you're not starting from the start all the time, that you're just, you know, that this audience is kind of coming with you um, and that you're widening the audience and that you're giving... Because for years, I remember going to the Arts Council meetings and everybody saying, oh, it's so difficult to put on a play by an unknown playwright in the venue because no one will come. The audience won't take a chance. Mm -hmm. Everyone always said the audience won't take a chance on new work. And it's a lie because we've proved it. Because, you know, the the festival grew. The first year we had 85 companies and I think we had 4,000 people come and see that. And that was year one. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's grown now to 109. Last year was 105 companies and it was over 10,000 people. And so people will take a chance on new work. They yeah. do on music all the time. They Why might wouldn't not they on theatre? They might not have quid though. Like, they might not, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing. And there's, there's, an, there's a affordability of, the, the tickets aren't super dear and for seen and heard. Yeah. So people can afford to like go to a few things or take a chance. Yeah. Because like getting a, going to see something and even the evenings aren't that like long, like the blocks of work or you hour, get yeah. two show, one or two shows in an hour, mostly two shows in yeah. an hour. And uh, so even that is not so risky. If something's not blowing your mind, sure, it's only half an hour long. The whole exactly. block is only an hour. It's actually taking some of the risk out of it for the audience. So making the audience more amenable to such a thing. I'll spend 10 and I'll go somewhere for an hour. Like, how bad? How bad? And that's, yeah. I think that's a very accessible, instead of having to take the whole night off and go to the Abbey and it costs 35 quid and yeah. um, whatever you used to get a babysitter and so forth. I don't know. There's a nicer, it's like, it's almost like, it's uh, it's a bit less of a, less of a commitment to make, but that's not to say the work isn't amazing. No, it, no, you've got it in a nutshell because that's what it is. It's basically, if you're sitting there and... You know, there are 109 shows. They're not all going to be brilliant. And we have to just be honest about that. But the point of it is that people trial it and realise that maybe this isn't the idea to move forward with. And so that then they don't waste 40, 50 grand putting on a full show because they've been told by the audience we don't want to see it. Yeah. You know, and that's fair enough. Um, and so there's no... The, the, 
there's no shame in that. I think that's a good thing. And we, 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 we encourage that, you know, in terms of so that people aren't wasting their time and money and move on to the next great idea that might be the great idea. Yes. You know, so, yeah. so I think that's, that's kind of what it's built around. But definitely the audience will, you know, if you're sitting there and in the first 10 minutes you think, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> We've all felt that. Yeah. As we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's going to be over in 20 minutes, so it's grand. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's not really going to terrorise you for the night. Sometimes the work doesn't work and that's okay. Like it's the prerogative sometimes of the art to fail. And I think we're, you know, it's a safe, it's a risk-free environment where we're providing the platform and looking after insurance and mentorship and sort of helping people along. But there's a history in Smock Alley of this, you know, in, in the 17th century, the there was a repertoire of actors, an ensemble. And so the audience would come to the back of the theatre and vote, as it were, for what they wanted to see. And then that would show would be performed that night. And so you're talking about 17th century pay-per-view. Do you know what I mean? Right, and right. So the thing is that, like, uh, there's a kind of a notion sometimes you hear uh, with certain maybe elitist artists where they say, "Oh, the audience just didn't understand my work," and you kind of think that's a bit of a fucking cop out now. Well, the if they who is it for? It yeah, drives me mad. And if they didn't get it, then you failed yeah. because you're supposed to be conveying something. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah. No, that and that's a very so that's a very noble idea that you've had there all for you two bottles of wine which I'm sure was, I'm sure this thing I say is, too but <laughs> but I'm sure you probably talked about that sort of thing a fair amount you didn't just flip a switch and you decided to do this you went you, you'd obviously had these shared values about what you thought maybe was wrong or what was needed in the scene yes and we'd also worked I mean in, a, in festivals and venues so audiences we do know yeah we think about them we meet them we talk to them you know we obviously read the critics reviews of shows but there's an interesting thing that happens that um, oftentimes when you read a very good review by a theatre critic in the paper the audiences that you've met do not love that show and vice versa Right. when a theatre critic slams a show you'll find that 10,000 people went through the doors and they had a fantastic time mm -hmm. and so I find that dismissiveness about audiences or you know it, this, it's it's we have too much experience dealing with audiences yeah. and too much of respect for people. Yeah, yeah. Because audiences are people. <laughs> They're yeah. not just an amorphous blob of cardboard <laughs> cutouts of nothing. They're different people. They're often people who are involved in the arts as well. The yeah. audiences are real. <laughs> audiences are real. It's just stupid things, but it actually maybe sometimes it's forgotten by. It is, and there is a bit of an echo chamber thing going around, you know, because because arts practitioners are also the audiences for the arts, and they're all the people who talk to each other, and so maybe there isn't enough of actually just talking to as people call it, the general theatre audience, which I don't believe there's such a thing, but anyway, <laughs> but there's there's not enough talking to that audience. I mean, when we set Smock up, um, one of the first things we did, because we had a bugbear, um, you know, like both of us grew up in theatre, but there were still theatres around Dublin that if you went in, you kind of felt a little unsure yourself, even though we, even though we knew theatre and we knew the people in there. Um, and so we were kind of talking about how would people who don't regularly go to the theatre or who aren't part of that particular 
um, grouping of people, how would they feel going in? And uh, because a lot of people find that difficult and scary and yeah. they don't know, if they've never been before, they don't know what goes on. And um, and so in Smock, we made a decision that there was every night there was someone standing at the door and said, hello, welcome to Smock. You can get tickets over here. Oh, you can get a drink here. Sound. Right, someone okay. just being sound and just saying well, it's like going to the cinema or it's like going to anywhere else you just come in and you get your ticket and you can get your drink it's not and you this snooty weird thing where if you don't know the rules yeah. you're a fucking play exactly. or whatever someone's yeah. actually just being nice a lot yeah. of people's first experience and often last experience with theatre will have been a substandard Shakespearean production that they were forced to go to in secondary school King Lear over <laughs> here first and last for like I don't know a yeah. decade yeah. no yeah. question yeah. and it's a real shame because what people people are made to feel stupid um, usually when I say substandard production, if you hated the Shakespearean production that you saw, the chances are it was bad, but you were not told that as a teenager, that actually that was not a good production of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so you feel at 15 that you're stupid, that this is not for you and you don't like theatre as opposed to with other art forms. <clears throat> you know, if you don't like a film or you don't like a song, you just think, oh, that genre I don't like. Not the whole art form. Not the building. <laughs> yes. <being evil. laughs> you know, they say, I don't like theatre. And you think, well, you might just not like Shakespeare. Yeah. Which is okay. Or you might like Shakespeare. You might just have seen a terrible production. And we're sorry for that. <laughs> so you have to go back and try and reintroduce people back into the theatre and say, look, it's okay. You had a terrible experience. There's actually a lot of very entertaining, contemporary, funny work that is for you, that yeah. is accessible. That if you come along, you might actually like have a laugh and you'll be greeted by some nice and you can have a drink <laughs> and it's not scary. And it's not scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's lovely. And so do you find then probably a fair amount of what you guys work then is about, it's one side is the artist, but the other side of equal importance is the audience like you have to spend a lot of time kind of educating people or getting people to basically getting people to come it's yeah it's getting people to come and there's a lot of that we're very funny at that yes we we do both believe it's one ticket at a time yeah right right and so we approach people and tell them to buy a ticket one at a time yeah actually that's yeah. crazy. When we opened Smack, I spent every every time I got into a taxi, I'd say, do you know where Smack Alley is? And they didn't. And so I would explain it all to them. And I used to offer them free, free two, two free tickets. Well, the cab drivers, they're key holders yeah, of tourists. And then I remember yeah, the totally. first day I got into a taxi and said, do you know where Smack is? And he went, oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm <laughs> done here. My job here is done. I'm delighted. We, so, yeah. we, we laughed, actually. A friend of ours works in a coffee shop in Dorky. And she said to me yesterday that a woman came into the coffee shop and said, have you heard about this festival scene? <laughs> There's loads of things going on. Amazing. And so we've arrived. And we've arrived. We are talking over in coffee shops and talking about scene as far as we're concerned. That's, that's the level. <laughs> that's, that, that's your high watermark there. Like I was just, I was thinking, you know, you, you start something like this and you started five years ago. Yeah, you've, you, it's no problem getting people to apply for your festival, I'm sure. That's the easy bit, getting yeah. people to apply. Now, whether the standard or whatever, I'm, I'm keeping that aside. I'm just saying the the community of artists knows exactly all the forms to fill out and they want they want a new opportunity and they're excited about mm. it. But was it hard to get audiences that first year? I think, you know, the the innate thing about it, I suppose, is if you have 85 companies, they have 85 families and, yeah. 80, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so they will always get that bit of support in. So once you start getting those people, it's your job then, once you get them in the door, for them to have a good time 
and then for them to to spread the word you know yes. so it's, it's in that way that you know so because I suppose seen and heard well the first year specifically it was loads like pretty much 100% um people just out of like drama school or you know so this would be their first production whereas now it's actually kind of a 50-50 between people just emerging and then people who are more established and want to trial things or want to swap from say being an actor to the director or an actor to a writer or those kind of things so it's more 50-50 now but that first year was kind of fully just people arriving out of school so once you're in that first production moment all your friends and family will come and see that show of course that first show this is so exciting this is like yeah the, the ground is virgin and everyone's yes. excited about what's yes. going Fast forward seven years, yes. so we'll see how Jane Yeah, exactly. Is. Everyone's like, I've, no, I'm not going to your show. I've seen all your shows. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, so so that first show kind of for everybody. So, we, so I think that was the success of that first audience. But then it was our job because a lot of those people also it would of those audience it would have been their first time going to to a show yeah and um and so it was our job then when they came into that first show to do all that it's not scary it's brilliant yeah. come back come back come back kind of thing so, so then they become sort of ambassadors for yeah it. yeah and then it becomes exponential to the point that this year obviously we have the partner organizations so we went around to the, the venues and festivals and uh, resource uh organizations i suppose that have resources for artists and we spoke to them i think they have a real sense now that seen and heard a lot of them are programming out of seen and heard they mm. come to see seen and heard so yeah you guys are the first pass for a lot of work yeah, yeah. You're the, the 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 first gate in the yeah. canal or whatever yeah. and people come through and, and so have, you're doing some of their job for them is mm. in, in, in that sense yeah you're, you're weeding from things out We're also or, giving them a chance to see i suppose the where the work wants to go so they'll come and see it and seen and heard and they get an idea of the style that someone has or or the you know the audience that they could bring to it and so it's, it makes that job much easier instead of just a written application on yes. a page you're right it's, you guys are facilitating that yes it's very difficult to really read art off a page yeah. when it's a live performance thing you know even even the best script you're you still you read the script and you say well i don't know who's going to be cast in this i don't know what the variables are i don't know what the vision of the director yeah. is so it's just a wire frame. yeah and so we we're we're very pleased i think um to move out from an idea that was very dublin centered as well you know mm. we have companies from belfast and from galway and from limerick and from cork and from wexford and and our organizations from all over the country as well that are giving their support and getting involved in the festival and so it feels like this little smock alley festival that could is sort of exponentially even though the size of the festival in terms of shows hasn't i mean it's grown a little bit yeah and the audiences have grown a little but bit we're at maximum space we can't um, fit anymore mm. in oh in that time. On that. Yeah. yeah with that venue and that yeah, block of time yeah, yeah. So you can only fit in. So we've hit it now. Yeah. We've squeezed this over. We've squeezed all we can have out of it. But I do think at year five, it feels different. It feels. It felt for the first four years that you're really trying to trundle this thing mm. along and hope people hear about it and talk to people and taxi drivers and programs. Yeah. And there's something that's happened this year that we sort of feel the exponential 
positivity and good vibes just coming out from everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like we've arrived. It's established and we've arrived <laughs> yeah. and it's less of a slog. Yeah. Uh, and that is so you've sown you've sown four years sowing and then you're really starting to see the, the shoots. This is, yes, this yeah. is the growth. Hopefully we'll get to reap at some point. <laughs> I suppose, and that's that's I'd like to know about was there any times that you almost went, fuck this, I actually can't be arsed doing this anymore. I want to knock this in the head. Or like, or did you like? Did you ever go like? I think no. I, I think for me, I think for me, I felt. I mean, that's not to say that I ever thought that the festival shouldn't. The festival itself, I thought, was very important and I needed to happen. But I think because I wasn't getting an opportunity to facilitate and make my own creative work, and actually that impacted me. If I'm honest, I I started to get resentful of facilitating. I'm facilitating everyone else. Art. Where's my art? Where's yeah. what about me creating? And, I mean, yeah. that was entirely on myself. Mm. All I needed to do was make the time and do it myself. And I found that once I did that, and had and have my own creative outputs that are entirely separate to the festival, then actually. The work, the work on the festival itself is wonderful and I mm. love it, but I, I, that, that was just, there was a little hiccup there for a while where I just thought, I'm annoyed at facilitating other people's Yeah, art, they all get to be swanning around. And that's that's yeah. just the inner child. Like yeah. It's a total childish approach on my part. And when I kind of looked at that, I was like, well, nobody's actually stopping you from doing your own thing yeah. and nobody's making you do this the thing either, either. yeah. But that's so a, you're gonna have to grow up and just get to grips with that. So. Yeah, but that can be challenging, you know. And recognizing, recognizing that that's where a, sometimes a little bit of resentfulness can come from, facilitating and always facilitating. Mm. And yeah, for 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 his mind, and you have to make time for your own. Mm. I, I, I that understand was, that, that was last year for you. Yeah, but for the year before, for me, I was I was nearly out the year yeah. before. And that was, but but that was, I was entirely burnt out. Like I was entirely burnt out. Yeah. And that's when I left. I'd been in Smock for six years. And it's a very, very hard job. Um, just in terms of the financial um, struggle that goes on there. Um, like every Monday, you're looking for the wages for Friday. That's your job every Monday. Okay. Like it's really, really tight and it's really difficult and it's a constant fight. And the building is very old and things break down all the time and you're trying to get repairs and you're like, it's, it's a really difficult job. It's worthwhile. It's beautiful. I love it. It's like our baby. So, you know, I, I will always love it. But I was so burnt out. And because Seen and Heard was part of Smock, when I was leaving Smock, I kind of felt like I needed to leave everything and I just needed to go and lie down. <laughs> like, really. I really just felt I needed to go and lie down and do something entirely different. But when I left Smock, I think it was like April and Seen and Heard, uh, the applications were going to open in August. But we had had a chat where I was saying, I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. Um, but then by August, I think I just had a sleep. Yes. And, and kind of just been like, be oh, right, okay, okay, right. a bit of time to reflect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, uh, undoubtedly, you helped each other through those times that were difficult. Yeah, we do. We normally we do. talk. But I think we kind of helped, helped each other by saying, grand, if you need to do, you need to do. It's like we yeah. never hold each other to. Yeah. It was like, grand, if you need to go, you need to go. A bit of space there. Yeah. Like, there's someone who's going, no, but the thing yeah. is actually really. No, open. it's never been like that. No. Yeah. And if at, if at any time one of us have said, look, I don't want to do this or I don't. Actually, that probably relates to most things. Yeah. Even on a day to day tasks where something is just got, got stuck in your crawl. I'm not answering that email. You answer it. So the other one actually will straight away just go, Grant, I'll. Yeah. There's kind of no question about it. Yeah. What a lovely relationship. 
to have that in your lives. Like I think everyone could do with having such a person, a person that like fucking gives you, can give you space when you need it, but also just go, I oh, no, you're grand when you need it. That's like a lovely, that's a lovely thing. I'm, I'm feeling very warm. Thinking about that. Like, I think we're all thinking about, I'm certainly thinking about my, you know, my own relationships and things and going, that's a lot. So I guess, you know, you got to be that guy for someone and someone will be that guy for you. Yeah. Um, it's funny, even even this year, it's gotten more and more where we don't write anything. We don't send anything that the other one hasn't, hasn't read. Okay. So yeah. every email, everything, every single thing has yes. been signed. So all the emails you've been getting, both of us have actually written. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Even yeah. though it's signed by one. Um, just, just, it just makes it easier. We found last year, I suppose, if we were answering different things and people forget to CC people or, you know, that kind of stuff, that there were certain gaps in our knowledge yeah. about what was happening. Um, and to pick up, know everything. Yeah. to pick up on the things you don't know takes time anyway. And then you have to go, oh, did I not tell you about that, Yoki? Your man's doing the thingy. Yeah. And, and, the, and that takes time and effort. So why not? You found this way works. Yeah. And also it, it means that if there is certain discussions to be had, you know, because it's not like we agree on everything all the time. We constantly, you know, we have disagreements. Yeah. And if we have to have a discussion and work out what we collectively agree then it happens before anything has gone to anyone else or any decisions are made so there isn't any sort of you know one person says something and then we all have to go back and say well no actually that's not happening that way or you know what I mean it stops all that before that happens yeah yeah that's that's such a smart way to do things because it's horrible to have to backpedal (laughs) but you 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 well I suppose this is five years that's the thing that's yeah there's a learning every year you know Absolutely. And also you'd hate to think that you represented somebody like I'd hate to think that I misrepresented Kleena. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? That you said something and it's like, well, actually, I don't agree with that. And you think, oh well, I just presented that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. No, you don't. Sorry. Better better just say here. Be able to always be safe. Um, and I, I was wondering, what has there been like one thing that might stick out? Maybe clean it. Do you have one big highlight? Um, it's it, it's not that it's a big highlight, but I'm what I'm most proud of, which yeah. I, 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 which is. And it's something I'm, we're hoping to maybe do again. But I think we're very good at, because seeing and her grew out of us kind of seeing what was needed. And we are consistently doing that. That's what that support series this year comes from. But uh, the second year, um, we realised that there was no producers because there was no funding. And because producers are the people who get, who have to do all the applications. But then if they, they don't get the applications, they don't get paid for all that work that they did to apply. You yeah. know, So they're that first person that's doing all that work. And so a lot of producers also have really transferable skills because they're organized and they're accountants and they're marketers and they're and a lot of them left the industry like a massive swathe of producers just left and went and did banking and moved away and and so we there there literally was none and so we set up a a program called generator and we trained 15 producers i'd say about 10 of them are still in the country they're all falling down with work um and it's kind of got to a point this year we felt because last year um, we would have called upon a lot of them to come back and help out and seen and heard. And this year, not one of them have a moment. They're so busy. Okay. So we kind of thought maybe next year is the time to do that again. Yeah. But like the whole industry kind of bought into it. And so we did, I think there was like 18 modules over, you know, four days. But so there was modules each day covering the gamut of kind of the producer's work. But we got experts in all those kind of things from the industry 
to come in and to do these modules and all the ex- like all the industry professionals just like I'm making a total I want to do that face <laughs> I'm I'm producing a show this year but that just sounds amazing and if you if people actually got amazing at being producers or got a real love for learned something that they didn't know before made industry connections and now work out that you guys you won no and I'm so proud of it and I'd love to like the following year we actually did it for we did the same thing generated both for production managers so the tech so they're both like they're both things there's no such thing as a course to do a lot of producers have learned this on the hoof and you've learned it by making mistakes and there's no harm in that either and you know but you do that all the time anyway you make your mistake and you learn and you move on and each show is different but just to get that standard and and to discuss creative producing because there is a difference between producers and creative producers you know there are some producers that you know for want of a better word and I don't mean it to be insulting or like paper monkeys do you know isn't they're the people who do the contracts and the payroll and all that kind of stuff but a creative producer is someone who wants to come in and help build the team and has a creative vision for the show and knows where it should be going and what audiences should be talking to and you know has has that creative input into it as well and so that's the first kind of person that should come on a team or the person that even creates the team um and so a lot of people do it the other way around where they like get their team and their director and their actors and then they go oh we need a producer and then the producer they lash one on the bolt yeah. on the side and then yeah. that producer kind of has no say in the creative aspect so why would they stick around or why would they be interested yeah. in your show because they haven't really bought in and you haven't brought them in yeah and Quiva, do you have something like that like something that sticks out for you something you're like proud of or you know I mean <clears throat> I think it's more along the it's more of the same really the generator program for me yeah I think it's brilliant I also when I look back at the amount of shows because for us we <laughs> drinking our wine thought if we could put a hundred shows on if 10 of them went on to be full length to be developed into full length works then that's 10 new shows a year. Mm-hmm. And that's a totally worthwhile numbers game was what well, in my head. But actually what's happened in the last few years where we've had 100 shows, it's more like... 25%. It's more like 25 mm-hmm. or 30% mm-hmm. go on to get made into full-length shows. Um, and particularly last year when I watched the shows, I thought the standard overall, because we always had this idea that the more years that it goes on, the standard of the work just gets better every year. This was always the idea. And so I really felt last year with the shows, Mm -hmm. the amount of shows that were, we'll say, not great, which I love, by the way, an absolute face plant is my favourite. It's a total <laughs> car crash. Um, but they, they, the standard was really, really good overall. Like there was, a, there was, and that's, that's a real highlight for so me. Standing at the back going, oh my God, these things We've are actually gorgeous. changed yeah. the standard of theatre mm. in the industry. Yeah. We've actually supported audiences. Are the, it's, oh, it's all about the exponential, you know, because I think we both. The ripple effect. Integral to this country and mm-hmm. to community and to personally mental everyone. health. And yes. So we we you know anybody that you can reach, whether it's an artist or an audience or an organization or however you bring that person in, I think for me that's the kind of highlight of the yeah. Actually, if it can be a highlight, <laughs> a cha- well, no, but they're quite answers because it's about the longer tail yeah. and the going wider and the having an impact on actual culture and not just like fancy culture, but actually just people and yeah. people's work and what people are doing. The idea that like making theatre 
a bit better standing at the back and going shit this is actually a fucking deadly how wonderful they're the kind of things i suppose that we can lay claim to and so we're really proud of that because a lot of people ask that question kind of thinking about oh what's this or a lot of people ask us about what's the biggest show that's gone on from scene and heard or what show are you most proud of that's gone on from scene and heard and we're kind of like well we didn't make any of those shows like so it's not ours to be proud of or ours to own yeah yeah you know so you can kind of go oh yeah we're you know we did like these four shows because we didn't you know we just put a platform there so I suppose the things we're proud of is like the the uh, effect that the festival has yeah, as opposed yeah. to particular shows yeah yeah no that that and that fits I can think that fits in almost with thematically with my podcast which is about making stuff I think making so when you make something it's not always perfect and sometimes you have to just give it a bash mm-hmm. but having a platform any at all to get having a platform to like okay I'm podcasting right now podcasting's very punk there's no barrier to entry I spent 250 quid on this stuff and I could just lash it up on Apple Podcasts I'm just recording it with my Mac there is no barrier to entry and I recognize that you know but this you're actually putting people on in a real theater there's a real box office there's real everything is real and then uh, so it's up to the the individuals who you have given this chance to to make good out of this opportunity yeah and you're not you guys don't seem too precious one way or the other really how you know that's sort of up to them like process i think i mean being an artist about process putting on a festival is about process you learn you do it the next year it gets better you're always refining your process and i think you know, when we talk about our similarities, we're both kind of funny in the way that when we do tasks, when we do them again, there's always a need to do it better, faster, yeah, more, whatever. We're in competition with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, basically. yeah, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at these things, but in terms of artist process, you know, it, it besides the destination, which is the show, the process of getting there is also, you know, the collaboration with your designers, how you got on, how you're speaking to your audience, all of these things are, it's all about practice. Mm. And so, you know, you get to the end of the festival and the festival is finished, but actually we're already thinking about the next festival and even this festival, we're putting things in place for next year. So it's always process. And it becomes then about just managing this process and then interacting with artists and saying to them, you know, there isn't a way Mm-hmm. there isn't a process it's your process for you to figure out where what your destination is and how you get there and hopefully along the way you can gain some insight or get little bits of magic from other people that have information or have talents or have art or have things that you can put together and I think once you're sort of trying to interrogate the truth of the thing or you know in our case what we're trying to do exponentially make the world a better place heart <laughs> but you know once you have those kind of ideas start singing john lennon at your name becomes becomes a really interesting thing and then you're speaking to people about like tell me about your process how do you make this art how do you start some people get up at seven o'clock in the morning and have to write a script some people can't do anything without five people in a room on the floor you know and these things are yeah, it's, it's individual. It's yeah. interesting, I, I suppose, when you're saying, you know, we're not too precious. And I suppose we're in an easier position compared to any other festival in terms of our programming because it is a curated program. And, you know, and so we have, we had over 400 applications. We read them entirely separately. We don't discuss them. We read them entirely separately. We give, put our feedback and all that on, on notes. make notes, basically. And then we come together to program together. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and anything kind of that got two yeses from us kind of goes in and then anything that's a yes or a yes and a maybe or a yes and a no, we fight about it. There's probably things that you go, I fucking hate this, but I know your woman's going to love it. Oh, loads <laughs> of it. Yeah, loads yeah. of that. Um, but we, we do take on board, obviously, the people that are involved, the experiences they've had, work they've done previously. The originality of idea. The originality of idea is the main, main yeah. thing. And then everything else is out of that. But But ultimately, this is an idea on a piece of paper that has never been... Um, produced before uh, some of them mightn't even have scripts some might have scripts some might have previous work to show you but nothing about this particular idea so when we're programming we're programming on the basis of uh, that amount of knowledge that we have but not necessarily programming to say well this play is going to be excellent in this you know genre and we know it mm. whereas I kind of think like you know the Fringe Festival or Theatre Festival or First Fortnight they take a lot of plays that have already been done or they take plays where there's a full knowledge and they have to go they, they interview people and they talk to people about process and so by the time that they program they kind of know what the finished product mm. is going to be mm. and um and so if their program is, if there's a lot of stuff that, do, that doesn't do well or that falls flat, they're probably, they're, they're probably held to a higher, you know, kind of level than we would be because, you know, so we're looking in that way that we can kind of go, well, yeah, the whole idea is that people it's fall flat brand. on their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That's so it's grand. Yeah. You yeah. Know. And also sometimes we have no idea about how a show is going to come out, which is the most exciting thing. Mm -hmm. So you've read the script and maybe you've read the full script. Mm -hmm. um, you might have talked to the director about who they're going to cast and you might know the actors and you know all of the things might be in place and you think you might know and then actually when you see the work you actually don't you can be totally surprised every time yeah which is very, very interesting exciting. to us yeah it is some um, of the my stuff you know that I highlight and go I can't wait to see this and then it's the worst thing I've ever seen or else the stuff where I'm kind of going oh I have to go and see this and it's the best thing I see in the festival yeah. like it's it, there's a constant Constant surprise. Yes, it makes press sometimes a little bit difficult because people say always say to us, "And what are your picks of the festival?" Yeah, and we just—I mean, obviously, we don't go in for that at all. We never say those things. Not you, you know, I've actually avoided talking about anything specific. No, because yeah. I'm not—I'm not actually interested. And we, we, we don't either. That, you know? It's unfair to compare no comedy against aerial, against farce, against romantic comedies, mm. and against you know dance movement. I mean, we pick stuff out, obviously, if someone says to us and lots of people say, oh, the program's so big, what do you think I should go and see? Then we go, what do you like? Yes. And I they say, you know. something for you, yeah. but I couldn't pick generally, generally yeah. things yeah. out of no. the program. Absolutely not. Do you, so you guys, I guess you guys have to go and, do you go and see everything. Yeah, we've yeah. just done our schedule and I think this year There's we're missing three things. three things because literally we can't get to them because we put things against each other at the same time. Right. Oh, Jesus. But between the two years... We, both, both, of us, both of us will see 106 shows. Yeah. Oh, shit. Seriously, yeah. you don't yeah. even, like, carve yeah. it up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. amazing. No, we go together. We, we go, together. go together. Okay, brilliant. Because it's, even when there's two performances, we found years where we tried to go to different the shows. Of it, yeah. So she would, I, I would see the show the night before, she would see the show. And, and the performances, because it's live art, they're different. Yeah. Even just from one night to the next. So we found it really hard to talk about the show mm. because we've ha we hadn't been at the same experience. Yes. So actually, we just said to hell with it. We're going to go together. It's kind of like CCing and on the emails. You just go, yeah, 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 yeah. Save a bit of right. hassle. Yeah. Turning yeah. up the podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, You'll I have to take two of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when I had to buy two croissants. You know. But uh, that's that's a really lovely thing. Are you going to come and see the show that yeah. I'm from? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Um, 
Now, I was wondering, you actually touched on something there. Um, uh, is it all year round? Like how far in advance? Are you betting things in now for August? August is when the application. So we kind of open the applications in August and we start we start doing prep. September. September. Really. So it's from September till March. Well, August till March in that sense. But because we're working on it now, we will put lots of things in place for August by the time we finish in March, yeah. if you get me. So it's kind of mid-March we finish because then both of us go off and work on other things. For you work on other things. And that's, yeah. that's what I was wondering. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you probably still also like have to like keep your relationships and- Well, we live together, so. <laughs> you live together. Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't I didn't actually mean relationships. I meant the relationships, relationships with, other... with the artists and with all mm. the everybody's. So you have to keep, yes. a keep alive and all of that till next August. In terms of well. even fringe, like so fringe yeah. is in September and the theatre festival is obviously in October. Mm. And so most years actually you kick off in August and then we go and see 85 shows in fringe or whatever. And then right. yeah. 14 shows in theatre festival. And yeah. Then, and then you're reading all the plays and then you program 109 and then you have to meet all those people and yeah. see all those shows and by the time April comes you just think oh I've had enough of theatre now and so do you take like a month after will you take a month after something after I oh, know I go straight into I work in TV that's right. how I go straight into TV which is a totally different land and it's quite nice and then so I do that until the end of August and then uh, at that stage normally I'm like oh, god I'm sick of TV and I go back to theatre <laughs> and it's lovely isn't that nice there's a, there's a natural <laughs> sort of cycle yeah. to that for, for yeah. you yeah. and what about you Viva? Um, I have spent many years working in television and live TV. So I, um, when I was mentioning to, mentioning to you that I had to focus more on my own creative stuff, I just had to take one of those projects out because I actually I had no time to do anything for myself. So last year was the first year mm -hmm. that I wasn't making TV in the interim. Right. She was making her own fabulous music uh, called yeah, Driver yeah. Driver is her band. <laughs> Just a little plug there. That's allowed for <laughs> Driver Driver. Speaking of plugs. Yeah. <laughs> I try and keep my plug life separate from my podcast. <laughs> from my podcast. Um, so this year, uh, yeah, we were playing at the music festivals and that was really important to me that I sort of had that outlet yeah. to be able to. But that was very unusual. I think we normally roll around projects. Like we've both mm. been... Quiva dragged me into TV land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were working on the same projects and then she formed Driver Driver and went to play music and being a rock star. And left you behind in telly. I'm having a great time in telly. It's grand. Great. <laughs> yeah. So. So that's, uh, so that's how you're, so you, you do put, you put seen her, you're able to fold it up and put it away for a few months and then you open it back up again. Yes. yes, it's all where you left. <laughs> it's, it's, I suppose it's not that we're able to. We have to because we have to live yeah. in terms of uh, finances and getting paid. Um, but we definitely, you know, a lot of the other festivals are year round, and and we are looking at a lot of those um, things like Generator um, and like the support series that we've just um, done for this year. And there's lots of other things that we think are needed, mm -hmm. and so. You know, if we can, that's up to us to go and try and find a way of funding that and that we can have events going all year round or that we can have uh, things happening. I, yeah, we do tend to, well, drink wine and then come up with <laughs> hairbrained ideas on what we're going to do next and how we're going to change the world. Is it kind of a, 
a conversation that we like to have. Yeah, all yeah. The time. But we we have been quite bold where we do things and then ask for permission afterwards. Yeah, you know, with generator or whatever, we'll just we we we'll kind of just decide this is what needs to happen and not wait for somebody to either tell us we can or give us the money. We'll sort of steamroll our way through it and trust that. By the time we get to the end, we'll have figured out. It'll all be sorted out. Yeah, and yeah. we're quite cheeky in that. And I think, I think if one of us was working on our own, maybe we wouldn't be as forceful. Yeah, but the two of us together give each other courage. Yeah, yeah. there's a courage there where we just say, "Ah, we're going to do it anyway." Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not going to wait for government money, or we're not going to wait mm. for somebody to say we need this, or so we're not going to wait for to recognition. It's not worth nah. doing. Like, right, exactly. You know, I don't, don't think there's much of a market. Like, fuck all that. Yeah. Like, who needs to wait for anybody? Yeah. You know? And if you don't need to wait for somebody, don't. That's what I say. And if it fails, it fails. And we're grand with that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Just do the next joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think anyone cares. Uh, one thing I've learned over the last few years is that nobody cares about your failures as much as you do. Mm-hmm. You, you know, literally no one gives... I've said to say this in the podcast before. No one gives a crap about even if your thing is amazing. Or if it's a bit yeah. shit, like no one actually gives a shit. And I, I mean that in the nicest way possible. I don't mean that in a nihilistic way. I mean that that itself can give us permission to try things and to do things. Because really, no one cares that much. <laughs> no, it is entirely true. It's only yourself you have to battle with. That's it's it. a very hard battle to battle oh. with yourself. But it, it is only yourself. And I suppose being in a duo helps in that battle because someone else goes no nope, we're doing it or you're just get on board or you know that kind of stuff that we kind of buoy each other up in that way yeah. yeah so that definitely like definitely i'd say if we were if we were on our own we wouldn't have well done we wouldn't have done half, half the, things. the things but also we're quite funny when we have to go in cap in hand and ask people for money or resources or whatever the two of us together will just bound into a scenario and there's a there's a total safety there's a but I also think that people sort of feel this energy that comes off us and go oh here take it all <laughs> <laughs> people, people are people are amazingly generous they are I'm really surprised with their resources everybody that we've asked for things they've just gone yeah it's either that they love us or they're really afraid of us I'm not <laughs> entirely <just> sure <laughs> that's, maybe that's it um, that's always surprising because in my head I, I don't think that in my my own opinion of myself I don't think that I could do that but then sometimes but then in this duo yeah you, you I sort of feel unstoppable yeah no it is true just, in, just by in lieu of the fact that there's two of us together I'm yeah. not sure I feel unstoppable on my own but there's the courage you've yeah. got the courage there from working with somebody else who cares about you and cares about the things that you care about yeah. it's and also much easier to fail <laughs> As two, yeah. to be honest, like it is though. Misery loves company, so yeah, if you're going yeah. to fail, fail together. It'll be yeah. grand. Failure is actually a kind of a theme on this podcast. People seem to enjoy talking about it, and I kind of like to take the sting out of failure a bit. Like, what is it though? What is failure? Like, who decides what the failure is? And if you tried something and it didn't work, is that not a lesson? Or I don't. I mean, I find yeah. the notion of failure quite. And the flip side is, what, what even is, is success? Yeah. Right. Like there's people who, you know, maybe loads of people see what they do, but they don't even like what they do. It, the, the notion of failure success, they're like very small words to describe something so complicated. Yeah, and entirely. So and ever changing. Like I would be mortified now when I'm when I was 30 about the things I do now when I'm 44. I die of embarrassment when I was 30. 
thinking of myself in the future, I wouldn't have been able to go with, you know. But now I'm like, fuck it. I don't, I'm just turning into like a kind of a grumpy old woman that doesn't give a shit about anyone thinks, yeah. you know. But uh, in your 40s is pretty spectacular, I think. So great. Yeah, you're I just like, don't care. <laughs> but it's so liberating. It's amazing. 40 and fearless. Yeah, that's <laughs> 44 and fearless. That's a bit too long. But yes, totally. But that's a, that, even taking the whole notion of failure and success and just kind of going, fuck it. There's no yeah. such thing as either. Success now. is a kind of a funny one as well because somebody asked us recently, like, oh, you know, how is it going? Is it a success? And I kind of stopped and thought, well, what do you mean by that? Are you talking about, like, whether the shows were good? Are you talking about whether audiences came? Are you talking about whether I was crying into a bin? <laughs> you know, like, what? Like, what? What is what the success? parameters? What is yeah. success? And I don't, I don't. It is true. I was only talking about this yesterday, actually, about Don Ryan, the author. Yeah. Because you know, because we had been at the arts hosting yesterday um, about funding and stuff, um, and then I was driving down to Mullingar with my colleague in Telly for a different meeting, and I was explaining the arts hostings and arts funding and stuff, and I was kind of saying, you know, Don Ryan, who's a like world-renowned author at this stage like loads of um awards and all that kind of what you would envision is success you know and people who who don't know him or you know you pick up the book and it says award-winning bestseller or whatever and I think it was last year or maybe the year before um that there was a massive article in Sunday Independent about him an interview with him where he was going back teaching because he couldn't live like he had no no money he was penniless and was going back teaching and he had all these awards and successes the and optics everything on of his, this mm. is him as a yeah. like wealthy prestigious mm-hmm. individual yeah. swanning about living wonderfully on exactly. his art yeah. and that ain't Absolutely yeah. not. And you know, and that's for somebody who has all those kind of accolades within the, the industry are art according to the public. Yeah. And still can't make a it's living. Funny. I mean, we the have... rest of us are fucked. Like, yeah. really. Well, I have there's a quite a well-established uh, Irish actor, uh, and he would be known on television, but I remember having that conversation where he said in between gigs when he went to sign on, okay. he said the reaction he was getting from people in the Dole office, where they were like, We know you off the telly. What <laughs> yeah. are you doing here? And he's thinking. <laughs> Well, that was like three weeks' work of my life five years ago. You know, yeah. what do you think I'm doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that notion of success, like you're on the telly, what yeah. are you doing in the dole office? It's like, well, I need to eat. I, need to eat. <laughs> I think I've personally shifted the parameters of what a success is and it, it, to having a good day. You know, yes. I did something today where I felt proud of it. I challenged myself slightly. Yeah. I worked with people and made it work. Yeah. Uh, and then I I reached into myself and tried to find something in there. And I think that's how I define it, a success. Success for me yeah, is the day where I don't lose my temper. Oh, right. That's okay. in my own head. I go, that was a good, that was a good day. Yeah. You didn't lose your That's lovely. I've never thought about that. So I like both of those. I might take one of them on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I've never really thought about it. They're probably quite similar because a good day is a, a day where that's just good. You didn't have to lose your temper because no, there was nothing to lose your temper over. Everything yeah. collaborated quite nicely. Yeah. 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 And it's a her- Herculean effort to actually make those. That yeah. to make your life like that it's not yeah. like that just fucking falls out of the sky Again, it is process practice yeah. you know people think that happiness is sort of uh, it's an achievement you you practice it it's, it's not bestowed on you you don't get happiness it's not a gift it's a it's made it's a, it's a practice there's a gorgeous little cartoon I have a picture of that I that uh, I don't know where I saw it now to be honest and so that's dreadful I'm sure the artist's name is on it but it's a it's a little um, 
it's a kind of a little stick figure drawing and there's a guy holding a jar and it says happiness on it. And the other guy had come over and said, where did you find that? I've been looking for that for ages. <laughs> and the guy holding the jar says, I made it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's so lovely. Isn't that so sweet? <laughs> okay, well, maybe we'll leave it on that because that's actually really lovely. So make your own happiness, everybody. Okay, thank you so much. Thank Dina. you. Thanks so much, Fima. And Seen and Heard, it's, when does it start again? 12th days? to the 29th of February. The 12th to 29th of February in Smack Alley. Tickets, smockalley.com. Smockalley.com. And uh, tickets are like a tenner. And it's there's loads of there's just actually loads of brilliant stuff and as as we were talking about kind of risk risk free like just yeah. you can t- if some sounds good turn up and have a look the book there's like an interactive PDF book yeah, and, Smack and, com, yeah. Smack Alley, and then there uh, the book is probably in all places and just for the, a final plug because we have a leap year this year we were so excited to program a leap year super extra bonus day so basically oh, okay. yeah the whole day is is it, it never happened so we have like a decadent cocktail and dirty nachos that don't count toward any of your calorie counts because the day doesn't exist <laughs> and so it's called it never happened okay amazing <laughs> okay, I'm actually I'm making a note of that because I might want to be part of that because that sounds and great and it's also the closing day of the it's festival the closing day of the festival yeah, yeah. Brilliant yeah. Things on. Amazing. Okay, thanks so much, guys. Thank you.